You are listening to the weekly podcast of Bethlehem Temple Church in Middletown, Ohio. We pray you enjoy today's message. I invite your attention. I want you to go to Psalms 119. And before you read your verse of scripture, I'm going to read another verse of scripture in your hearing today. You go to Psalms 119. And this has been one of those weeks where I was kind of scattered on what I should share, but I end up landing here. And those of us who minister and teach know that sometimes God gives you something and you, you, you can't teach it or preach it right away. It's got to meditate and you got to let it simmer a little bit. And I, I think this is the time that God like me to share at least uh, this portion of this lesson, the introduction. You will turn to Psalms 119. I'm going to read in your hearing, first of all, Psalms 37, verse number three. If you could stand, just please stand. We're only going to read a couple of verses, but uh, we don't want to get in the habit of just sitting on, no pick up no bad habits. We get enough of those. Psalms 37, verse 23. You don't have to read this one, but it says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his ways. Now, don't get caught up in the uh, equity movement and all that stuff today. That word man is in the neuter, so it's man, woman, boy, girl, person. So it, you don't have to be a man. It's just an individual whose steps are ordered by the Lord. Psalms 119, verse 133. When you have it, say, I have it. Oh, come on, y'all. I have it. And since there's only one verse of scripture, we typically don't do this. If we got various scripture, we're going to try it since we only got one verse of scripture. We will read it together. Psalms 1, 19, verse number 133. Let us read. Order my steps in thy word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. God bless you. I would like for you to think about the subject for the time we have this morning. Lord, order my steps. Lord, order my steps. I, as I stated, God kind of placed this in my heart some months ago, and then it really became dear to me as we were going through the consecration and the dedication and the prayer and the fasting, that asking God just to order my steps in your word. Because there's things that are going on in our time that we need God to order our steps. There's strong delusions and things out there that's pulling us away from our devotion. Order our steps in the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to bless this time. We have together, bless it and let it be fruitful. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Tell the Lord, Lord, order my steps. In your word. I better stop before I go off. I gotta remember I'm on camera. <laughs> Some things you don't say on camera, not nowadays. In her book, Amazing Grace, the writer and poet Kathleen Norris shared about what she called the scariest story she ever heard about the Bible. Norris and her husband were visiting a man named Arjo 
He was a rugged, self-made man who uh, was facing terminal cancer. During their visit, Arjo started talking about his grandfather, a sincere Christian. The grandfather gave Arjo and his bride a wedding gift or wedding present, an expensive leather Bible with their names printed in gold lettering. Arjo left, the, left it in the box, never opened it. For months afterwards, the grandfather kept asking if he liked the Bible. Arjo told Norris his wife had written a nice thank you note and we thanked him in person, but somehow he wouldn't let it lie. He always asked about that gift. Finally, Arjo grew curious enough to open the Bible. And the joke was on me, Arjo said. Finally, I took the Bible out of the closet and found that granddad had placed a $20 bill at the beginning of the book of Genesis and at the beginning of every book of the Bible. And it was about $1,300 in all. And he knew I would never find it. Sad to say, many Christians today is like this. We have such wealth. We have such a blessing. We have such, in the word of God, such a, a value. But some of us will never find the true riches that is planted in God's word. There was a, a I don't know how recent it was, but the American Bible Society did a state of the Bible report. And some of what they found was this Encouraging. It says two-thirds of America believe that the Bible contains everything a person needs to live a meaningful life. Say amen. amen. But the bad news is only 30% of Americans uh, profess to reading the Bible once a week. Think about it. All of us probably, not everybody, not, not, I know it's all of us, but most of us can uh, uh, spare losing a few inches. But how would we look if we only ate natural food once a week? How would we look if we only ate one meal a week? How would we respond to certain things that come into our life? Elder Myers did an excellent job at the Hope House facility yesterday, and he brought in the value of eating properly and uh, uh, having the proper nutrition so that our bodies can burn the fuel and it gives us the energy that we need to do what we need to do. But without the food, without the nutrition, our bodies would be depleted. And so therefore we wouldn't have the ability to fight off the enemy. Can I get an amen? amen. It goes on to say worse than that, 19% of church growers or Christians, they read the Bible daily, only 19%. 25 of church growing Christians read the Bible a few times a week. 40% of church-going Christians read the Bible once a month or rarely, and they never have found that within God's Word is what we need God to do something for us or to order our steps in God's Word. Because we are so caught up today in the right now times where we spend more time on social media, we spend more time watching television, we spend more time in these other activities. I don't know about you, but I get a report every week about this time or a little earlier that tells me how much time I spend on social media. And it tells me whether this week my time was up or my time was down. I go to the gym and I told my wife uh, maybe a week or so ago, I said, 
my, my fitness activity or my level activity has gone down because it's, it's too cold to be out walking a dog. So it shows I don't, I'm not exercising as much. I said, well, spring will be here in a moment. But it, the, the bottom line is it shows me my trends. And if I would ask you, how is your devotion? How is your Bible reading? Are you reading God's word more? If there was some type of metric that shows your Bible study, is it down? Is it up? Are you trending in the right direction? As Elder Meyer said in our testimony service, after we have gathered the momentum of a new year, after we have gathered the momentum of a time of prayer and fasting, don't let it go by the wayside. Continue to ask God to order our steps in his word because there we'll find the strength that we need to make it in these last and evil days that we're living in. Now, when we look at Psalms 119, it's a very fascinating book because the book of Psalms 119 particularly is the longest chapter in the entirety of the scripture. It has 176 verses. And what I love about it, the theme of Psalms 119, it talks about the word of God. In just about every one of those verses of the 176, is not chapters, but divisions, the word of God is mentioned in various ways. It's called the word of God because, see, the word of God is authoritative. It means it's not a book that makes us happy all the time. It's not a book that makes us fulfill our greatest need right now. But the Bible is a roadmap to get us from here to glory. And that's what we need today is the word of God to guide our lives so we can be what he wants us to be. So in Psalm 119, when you get a chance, you'll see that the word the word of God is mentioned as the law 25 times. It's used as testimony 10 times. It's used as the word way 7 times. Precepts 21 times. Statutes 22 times. Commandment 22 times. Uh, ordinance or judgments 23 times. The word, spoken word 23 times. And then God's authoritative word 19 times. In other words, the word is tied up and it's a theme throughout this particular psalm and in this particular psalm 1933 133 david seems to pray lord i want you to order my steps in your word now when we look at it notice he says order my steps now when he talk about steps what is he talking about now you can talk i know we're on camera I can't hear you. Life. Okay, good. Order my life. Order my pathway. Order my goings. Order my uh, the way I'm moving. He says, order my steps. Now, how come he didn't say, order my life? Or order my career? Or order my path? I heard somebody. Day by day. Okay, that's good. See, the emphasis is upon the fact that God, for God to order your life, he first got to order your steps. Before he orders your career, he first got to order your steps. Before he orders uh, 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 your, 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 your friendship, he first got to order your steps. So as it's been stated, I'm not going to call her name because I know she want her name on camera. But as she stated, it's a day by day, it's a step by step 
The just shall live by faith. And so therefore, he says, order, not my path, not my career, not my life. It starts with every step I take. I dare us to get up in the morning and pray, order my steps. Notice he says, order my steps, not according to culture. Order my steps, not according to political parties. Order my steps, not based off of what I think or what I think ought to happen. Order my steps in your word. I, I, I love it because David says, order my steps. Sometimes we spend too much time asking God to order other folks' steps. That's all we do. David didn't spend time talking about order my enemy's steps because you know they're after me, Lord. Uh, uh, order the, the haters' steps because they're trying to mess up my reputation. David realized, Lord, if you order my step. In, in other words, David realized, Lord, if I get it right with you and if you be for me, you more than all the haters are against me. David realized that he wanted God to order his steps and he, he needed God to, to, to order his steps. In, in other words, if God, if you order my steps, everything else will take place as it should. Say, Lord, order my steps. Lord, there's enough in me. I need you to order my steps. Lord, I, I, I got a bunch of stuff I'm struggling with still. Order my steps. Oh, yes, we've been through prayer, we've been through consecration, we fasted, but Lord, it just shows me I got some more stuff I need you to order my steps in. And Psalms 37, 23, he says, the good steps of a man or a person are ordered by the Lord. Now, when we look at the word order, it's translated so many ways in the Hebrew. In other words, when he was saying, order my step, he was saying, prepare my steps. How many of us need God to prepare our steps? How many of you know if God don't prepare our steps, I don't care how long you've been saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. If God don't prepare our steps, any of us are where can deviate from God's plan. You're not here because you've dotted every I or crossed every T or done everything right. It's because God has given his, his hand on your life. And therefore, if it had not been for the Lord on our side, I thank God he prepares my steps. How many ever thought they wanted something man, and you complained because God didn't give it to you? And then all of a sudden, weeks go by, months go by, years go by, and you look back and you say, thank you, Lord. How many of y'all thought y'all wanted Ray Ray? Or Pookie? And all of a sudden, Pookie ended up in jail or on crack. And you said, thank you, Lord. Lord, order, prepare my step because I can't see what's coming. I can't see what the enemy set the traps for me. I can't see all the folk that's saying, go ahead, Pastor, but they got lies in the past. But if you order my step, the steps of a good person is not only prepared, but it's established. That's another Hebrew word. It means 
It's fixed. It's ordered. It's fashioned. It's confirmed. It's prepared. In other words, the psalmist was saying, Lord, I want you to establish my step, order my steps, prepare my steps, fix my steps, not in what's going on in the culture, but fix it in your word. Now notice what he says. Order my steps in your word. Now, when we look at this, why should the psalmist be praying, Lord, order my steps in your word? First of all, he can say that, or he would say that because in this same chapter, he says in verse number 89, forever, O Lord, your word is fixed in heaven. Why do I want God to order my steps in your word? Because your word is already set. In this time, I don't know about you, but everything seemed to be changed. I don't know if I'm getting old or what. Seems like things are changing faster than I can get a hold of. Uh, a culture has changed. Values have changed. Uh, 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 people have changed. But I thank God one thing remains the same, and that is God's word. It's already settled. In other words, don't let me plant my feet on some uh, shaky stuff. Don't let me put my feet on some broken relationship. Don't let me put my feet down on stuff that's going to move on tomorrow. Folk that tells me they're going to be there, they ain't going to be there. Folks who said that you could make it, they're hoping I'll fall. But Lord, if you order my step, establish my step, fix my step, I'll be able to do what you called me to do. He says, forever. That word is the masculine noun, which means unending, perpetual, or everlasting. He, he was saying that your word, Lord God, is already set, is already fixed, is already there. And therefore, we can't do nothing to try to change it. We can't do nothing to try to make it better. It, it, uh, I think in the psalm somewhere, he said, your word is like honey to my lips. One thing about honey is honey is sweet all by itself. It's naturally sweet. See, when you try to add to God's word, when you try to dope it up and fix it for folk and try to make it pliable for folk, you end up diluting it. The word of God is honey. It's sweet. It'll stand all by itself. And when we ask God to order our steps, we say, Lord, your word is enough all by itself. He said, it's fixed. Jesus says this in Matthew 24, 35. Heaven and earth shall what? Pass away. But my word shall not pass away. Peter says it in Peter 1, 25. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. Say it's settled. Think about it. Do you want to build your life on sifting sand? Do you want to build your life on something that's here today and gone tomorrow? You remember the parable at the end of the Sermon on the Mount in chapter 7 of Matthew, where the Bible says there was two men, one built, they, they both built the same house, and they had the same quality of material, and they had the same uh, 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 things that they built. The only difference was that one built it upon sand, and one had a good foundation. Why build your life on something that's not going to last? 
Why build your life on things that's going to change? Build your life on something that's going to endure, and that's the Word of God. Because if you build your life on the Word of God, no matter what comes, heaven and earth is going to pass away. But God says, I'll honor my Word. He says, your Word is set. Your Word is fixed. Your Word is established. It, it, it talks about like permanency. And the fifth point, and I use this illustration often, that before they had compasses and before they had all the navigational tools that they have today, when they would be out on the boat and the storm came, and they didn't know, they got turned around, they didn't know what, which way to go. They would find the North, North Star. Because the North Star was the fixed point. It was be there no matter what. I'm saying when the storms of life come, when problems come our way, don't look to the arms of flesh or men. Find the fixed point. Find that which won't change. Find that which is good now, that'll be good tomorrow, and it'll be good forever. And that's the word of the living God. He said it's settled. Now don't let me hurt your feelings, those of you who watch. See, God's word is settled on what he constitutes sin. We can't change that. We can call it whatever we want to call it. We can say it don't matter. But what God says is sin, we cannot go back and try to redefine it, to take the stigma on it, because God's word is true, and let every man be alive. I don't care how well it's accepted. I don't care if they pass laws to accept it. God said he's against it. Therefore, we've got to say, it is settled. And I ain't hate neither. It's settled. It's a fixed point. I, I as I was thinking about it, I, I use this illustration often. In my day, God just gave me the ability to be able to jump. And man, I, I could just jump. I could take a ball, just almost stand flat-footed, could stand flat-footed, and, and dunk a ball. And I remember when I got in my forties, I went out there and I looked. I said, "Man, that rim is high." Ten feet is ten feet. The rim didn't change. The measurement didn't change. What changed? I changed. The culture is changed. The culture has gone down. The culture's out of control. But God's word is still God's word. It's still God's word. God ain't gonna change the standard to accommodate our flesh. We gotta come up to where He is. God's word is settled on the remedy of sin. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Your, your humanistic philosophy, your self-help books, they may help a little, but nothing can wash away our sins but the blood of Jesus Christ. And when sinners plunge beneath that blood, it removes all their sin and shame. See, the Bible lets us to know that yes, there is a problem with our sin problem, but Jesus was the only one that was able to fix it. And the word 
have already settled that there's only one saving name. Uh-oh. 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 Now, y'all won't have a problem if I say the man upstairs. Y'all won't have a problem if I say Mother Nature. Y'all won't have a problem if I, I say the invisible God. Y'all say, man, he did. But if I call his name Jesus, for well, there is neither salvation in any other name but the name of Jesus. At that name, Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. Not some of these other guys y'all worshiping. Now I took the edge off of it. I could have went a little deeper. But it's settled. We cannot go back now and try to redefine things that God has already defined. It's not for us to bring. Uh, I went to uh, 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 a little girl's game, basketball game. Again, I don't want to call her name. Uh, but the, the, they lower the rim. That's what we're doing in our culture. We're bringing the rim down. Instead of saying, Lord, order my steps so I can come up. And be what you're calling me to be. See, Jesus didn't come and die to leave us where we are. He died so he may take us to where he wants us to be. Also, the word of God is already settled. How I'm acceptable to God. See, the Bible tells us in the book of Corinthians chapter 2. I'm in mean, chapter 5, 21. For he that knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. I'm acceptable to God not by my works, not by how much I put in tithes and offering, not how much I come to church, and those things are not bad within themselves. But again, the only thing that makes me righteous before a holy God, that I'm in Christ Jesus. And if you're not in Christ Jesus, you are in Adam. And if you're in Adam, Adam has brought us death, sin, and a hell to wait us if we die. He tells us that it's already settled how I'm acceptable. Somebody said, well, do 10 jumping jacks. That ain't that you might get some exercise, but that ain't making you acceptable. Somebody run around the church as fast as you can. And some of y'all done done it. We've gone through the theatrics. But the reality is we're only acceptable to God through the person of Jesus Christ. And when God Sees the blood of Jesus. What he said? He says, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. No longer do I see your sin. No longer do I see the penalty waiting you. Why? Because I died. He lived and he loved me. Died and he saved me. Buried. He carried my sin far away. Rise and he justified me. Our minister said, I'm free forever. I apologize for calling your name. <laughs> but it's settled. The promises of God are settled. That's why we got to say, order my steps in your promises. Because I want every promise that God has for my life. 
I want to proclaim everything God has for me, but that's got to be in his word. Not because somebody told me. He says, your promises won't change. He told Abraham at 75, you're going to have a kid. At that age, Abraham said, ah, you got the wrong one. Abraham said, okay, you're going to do it, and I'm going to help you. I'm going to go, Sarah said, go into Hagar. They had a kid named Ishmael. And then God waited 25 years until Abraham didn't have it left in it. Maybe it's because God is waiting for us to deplete ourselves of our own self-will. Maybe God is waiting for us to get to the point and say, now I know I can. They didn't have all the medicines we got today. Abraham, I ain't got it. And now God says, now I'm going to visit you and Sarah just like I told you 25 years ago. You can stand on the promises of God. One year might pass, five years might pass, ten years might pass. But if God made a promise, he's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. If he promised, it shall come to pass. As I conclude then, what is the Bible to us? In Psalms 119, again, in verse number 9, is water for cleansing. How many of us every now and then got to take a bath? I'm just asking. He said, how shall a young man, talking about a man, being a young man, he's got more proclivities. He said, how shall a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed to the word of God. In other words, we can clean up our lives by cleaning up our thoughts, by letting the word of God renew in our minds and transforming our steps in the direction that God wants us to go. Say water for cleansing. It's wealth and treasure. In other words, because it's treasure, it's to be valued. I think it's in the book of Proverbs somewhere where it talks about finding the hidden treasure. See, sometime in the word of God, it ain't going to be right there on the surface. You got to dig. How many of you know you got to dig? I mean, you got to dig. Yes, it's good to listen to a preacher. Yes, it's good to listen to your favorite Bible school, uh, a teacher. Yes, it's good to listen to the radio and watch it. But there comes a time where you got to dig and know for yourself that he's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's a way out of no way. When my mind was getting ready to snap, you said that mind that is stayed upon you shall be in perfect peace. He's a companion and a friend. In verse 54, he's a song to sing. I already stated in verse 103, he's honey. And what does the Bible do in verse number one to be blessed? He gives life, he gives strength, gives us freedom. I'm saying we need to ask God this year to order our steps in your word. Leave it up to our own nature. We will find a way and we'll mess it all up. Don't you know, I don't care how long you've been saved, there's something in us that will never be saved. There's something in us called our fallen nature that we're going to contend with. 
And so even though we, some of you say, well, I, 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 I went through the prayer, I went through the consecration, I took communion, but believe me, before the end of the day, your flesh is going to cut up. After all your prayer, after all your fasting, after all your studying and read, uh, uh, consecrate yourself. Flesh is flesh is flesh. That's why Paul was able to say, in my flesh dwells no good thing. That's why you don't trust it. But Lord, if you order my steps. As I conclude, in other words, I don't want to have to jump into your will or into your word. But one step at a time. One step at a time. He said, your word is a light and a lamp unto my feet. Bishop, Bishop Goder explained it, that they had little lights. They didn't have all these lights that projected out 30 or 40 feet. But they had the little lights that only showed you right in front of you. God will give you enough light to walk one step at a time. One step at a time. One step at a time. And when you obey him in the one step at a time, and then uh, uh, and trust him in those areas, he'll get you to where you need to go. I said, he'll, he'll get you to where you go. My prayer, my theme for this year, if I can call it that, what God has placed on my heart is, Lord, order my steps in your word. I mean, there's just so much stuff going on out there. Look at what's going on in our nation, even with the balloon and all the kind of stuff. If we really knew what was going on. Oh, come on here. If we really knew the story behind the story behind the story. If we really knew how the Antichrist is setting himself up. Think about it. In some countries now, they're taking away ATM machines. So you can't get cash. If they can control cash, they can co control the digital market. So therefore, you've got to go through the bank. And before the Antichrist can take over, he's got to be able to control the wealth. Right. So if they come up with a system, and they're talking about it now, it's, it's in the works. They're talking about controlling the money. And therefore, if they can control the money, they're going to say, well, I know you can see it in the bank that you got it. But because of where you stand for Christ, you ain't going to be able to access it. So if they do away with money, and go to a cashless society. Some places you go, some places we've stayed on vacation, they have a cashless uh, place that you can't use money. That's kind of the norm now. Because people was taking it and, and putting money in their pocket. So now they're going cashless. So it seems like it's making sense. But it's showing us prophetically Jesus is coming back. I didn't come 43 years to mess up now. Order my step. I don't know how many more steps I got, but if you order each and every step I take, I see him in peace, and I hear him say, "Well done, my good and faithful servant." Give our God a hand, praise today. Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.